Welcome back to the Call Not Qualified podcast. I'm Owen. And I'm Natalie. And today on the podcast, we have a very special guest with us. We have my dad, Aaron. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's yes. uh, it's going to be a real treat today. Yes, I'm so glad that you're able to come on. If you want to start by just kind of telling a little bit about yourself, give your little intro or biography or whatever you want to call it. Well, thanks. I mean, as, as Natalie said, I am her dad. Um, and in addition to her, I have, uh, she has a sister, Reagan, uh, who are my two kids, uh, beautiful wife, Christy. Uh, in my professional capacity, I am the president and CEO of the Insurance Federation of Minnesota. So I make sure, represent insurance companies in Minnesota to make sure that um, insurance is affordable and available uh, to everybody in this state. Also involved in our local community, I serve on the Albertville City Council, uh, which I've done for the past uh, six plus years. <clears throat> and when I'm not uh, working uh, or spending time with family, uh, I really enjoy golfing and woodworking. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Um, another question that we love to ask our guests to get started is what your favorite Bible story is. So I know you've been thinking about this a little bit, kind of keeping us in suspense a little bit. So if you want to Maybe share with us what your favorite story is. Oh, so many good, so many good stories. But uh, in preparation for this, I decided as I went back and forth on the numerous uh, Old Testament stories uh, that we heard growing up, either in Sunday school or VBS, uh, the one that has really struck with me, I think, the last few months has been the story of Gideon. Uh, and for those of you that might not be familiar, Gideon uh, was a was a judge uh, in the Old Testament. The book of uh, the the story of Gideon is largely takes place in in the book of Judges, chapter six and seven. And it's funny in light of the name of your podcast, the Called Not Qualified podcast, because when the angel first approaches Gideon, Gideon says, "Who am I? I mean, I'm 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 not only the youngest in my family, but we are the least tribe, Manasseh, in in all of Israel." Uh, so what do you expect me to do? And, you know, the, the angel comes to him, and, and as he's laying this out, you know, it seems like if an angel came to you, you'd be like, all right, you know, some dude I don't know, and, and is kind of telling me this stuff, um, kind of appearing out of nowhere. Uh, but Gideon decides to put this angel to the test, and, and so he says, you know, um, really appreciate you coming uh, and kind of, you know, offering me this uh, this role. Uh, but, you know, just, just to make sure that you're actually from God, this is what I want you to do. I'm going to lay out this fleece. Um, and tonight when the dew comes, I want the fleece to only uh, the only get on the fleece and not on the ground around it. So he wakes up the next morning and he pulls his fleece out and he wrings the water out of it and the rest of the ground is is dry. And the angel comes back and he says, all right, that's that's cool and stuff. Like, appreciate you doing that. Like, glad we got the fleece wet. But, you know, just, <laughs> just to make sure this wasn't some kind of fluke accident, what I'm going to need you to do is to, I'm going to lay the same fleece out, but I want tonight the fleece to be dry and everything around the, the ground to be, to, be, to be wet with dew. And he wakes up the next morning and the fleece is dry and the ground all around it uh, is, is, completely, is completely wet. And so we move on in the, in the story of Gideon uh, to the point where Gideon's been called uh, to, be a, uh, to take on um, uh, the army, uh, I believe it's the Midianites. Uh, and he's got all these people that's volunteered. There's like 25,000 and God tells him, uh, you have too many people, uh, uh, to take these, this, this other opposing army on, which was many more than that. And he said, so Gideon says, okay, anybody that wants to go home, doesn't want to fight can do so. 
And so, uh, like 15,000 of them leave, he's left with 10,000, which you think, all right, we've already shed 15,000, the Midianite army is significantly larger than this, uh, what do we want to do from here? And God says, no, you still have too many, so this is what I want you to do. You're going to go down and you're going to take them all down to the brook, uh, and you're going to look at how they drink. And, you know, those that actually put their hands to the, to the, to the brook and bring their hands to their mouth uh, to drink, uh, as opposed to those who just kind of dip their head in the water to drink. Um, and so there were 300 of them that brought their hands to the, their mouth, as what the Bible says. And he says, these are the 300 that, that are going to take, that you're going to take to, to, to wage battle. And so you think, okay, wow, we've, we've really shut it down from 25,000 to 300 in, in light of like the Midianites. And then what he does is he puts the, these torches in these pots and they go up and they surround the enemy. And then when they blow these trumpets, they break the, the jars that are over these, these torches, uh, and the opposing Midianite army in essence kills each other off because they're in such confusion seeing there's, as there's these, these trumpets blaring as you're waking up in the middle of the night and you see these torches around you and you think, oh my gosh, what is happening? Uh, and they end up, uh, in essence, kind of, kind of killing each other off. And I think, you know, as, as, as we talk about kind of favorite stories in, in the Old Testament, especially, but, but, but mine and the story of Gideon as well, all of these stories really kind of point to um, kind of the power uh, of God uh, that if it's not for, uh, you know, Gideon's not doing that on its own. Uh, it kind of defies what we as humans would view as, as kind of the rational way to uh, confront an army. Uh, you know, the story of David and Goliath or, you know, as you had a previous guest on that talked about the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All of these stories point to the fact that it's not men, but it's, it's God. So um, I'll stop there, but that's my... Yeah. That's my favorite uh, story right now. No, no. I think. Oh, sorry, you go, go ahead. I think we need to have like we need like a sister podcast to this. That's like just Aaron retelling the Bible and like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was great. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Just thanks so much for sharing that. I think that that's definitely a story that's a little bit lesser known, but like you said, it's a story that seriously demonstrates the power of God and how God is just in such a different level in so many ways that we are as humans. And I think it's cool to just kind of dive into stories that show that because it's all throughout the Bible and the stories that everyone knows and the stories that are maybe a little bit lesser known. So jumping into our topic today, um, I guess I can kind of introduce it. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to be talking about prayer and, um, and just reading scripture and how those two things can tie together and just how to make routine out of um, both of those things. Mm -hmm. Bef um, preparing for this podcast and I've been thinking about that both these things were something that's really good and that I wanted to discuss at some point because I believe that both of them have a lot of practical application to our lives and I was thinking about who I wanted to come on for this podcast. Uh, first of all, I've been wanting my dad to come on for a long time because dad just has so much good stuff to share and he's just very fun to listen to as you could probably tell um, when he was telling about the story of Gideon. Um, but my dad is somebody that I really admire um, who does both these things really well. He is uh, very committed to both prayer and um, reading scripture, and he has been. I've remembered for almost my whole life, he always has a very set-out routine and is very diligent about making time for it, and I really, really admire that as his daughter, and I just really wanted him to come on and share a little bit about that because I know that he has a lot of good things to say about it. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up from there, I guess, and I, I, I'm glad to hear that, Nat, because, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, parents are called to do is to model 
um, for their kids, you know, the way that they want them to go and to set out these uh, examples, um, you know, so that they, as they get into their lives, they'll be able to recognize that. And I think reading uh, scripture and praying um, is critical um, in, you know, not, not only us talking to God, but in reading his, 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 his word um, and, and kind of hearing from him back through us. And, and so the routine that I have, um, which I've done for years now, uh, I like to do my uh, Bible reading and prayer in the morning. So I, I get up um, and I actually do my uh, Bible reading and prayer while I'm on the treadmill. And so I generally walk three miles or so, uh, and generally, uh, between half and half an hour and 40 minutes, um, and generally get through, um, four, five, six, seven chapters. I have a, a read through the Bible, uh, uh, program that I, I kind of follow, um, that, uh, is out of the MacArthur study Bible on my iPad. And so uh, I can get into it. Um, and I think each day is generally like three or four chapters. And then I generally like to read the notes and the stuff that correspond to it to kind of get more of an insight, uh, on, on what I'm reading. Um, and then once I get through my Bible reading, then move into uh, prayer as I'm on my, as I'm on the, the treadmill as well. Um, and I've just developed a, a prayer list, uh, that I just keep adding to, um, kind of follow, uh, as, as, you know, there's running prayer items that, you know, I don't think we ever necessarily see an answer to things that, uh, as I, as you pray for your spouse, as you pray for your kids, as you pray for your country, things that you just never, um, necessarily will see an answer to, but is, doesn't dissuade you from, from kind of keeping on. And then, and then things that are more, um, finite or, or more specific things that you will see, um, either a resolution to one way or the other, um, and being able to track back and look and see and kind of add to that, <clears throat> I think is, is interesting as well to see kind of what those answered prayers are and, you know, kind of what some of the unanswered prayers are too. Mm -hmm. Would you say that you notice, um, differences in your day when you are doing your routine and you start your day like that and when you don't? Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely, I, I just, I just think there's a little bit more, I don't know what the right word is, maybe peace, but I think that's a little bit more kind of, I don't know if it's high-minded, but it's, uh, it, you just feel kind of more of a sense of accomplishment that you're more at peace, that you've kind of started out on, on the right foot, um, especially kind of in, in, in what I do and, you know, professionally and involved with a lot of times you kind of get drugged down and following the news and, and how discouraging, you know, the, the world around us is. And so reading, you know, parts of the Old Testament and then, you know, chapters, you know, in, in the New Testament and kind of starting out with knowing that nothing is really new in this world, um, that, that God will overcome despite how hard it is to kind of see in day to day life, um, as, as things, you know, keep, keep tracking, you know, in my opinion, more in a negative direction, you know, globally that you're starting out with a point that you, we know what the ending is. We know that in the end, um, that God is, is going to prevail. And so, you know, reading about that and reading about what he's done, you know, for these thousands of years, you know, for his chosen people, um, of Israel. And then in the, in the new Testament, as we, we move into the, the, the era of Jesus and the church, um, and then lifting our, you know, sending our requests, 
uh, to God and, and what's on our heart and uh, the good and, and the bad and the frustrations, um, you know, the frustrations of what's happening in, in the world and in the country. I mean, you know, he's big enough to be able to take that on and be able to get some of that stuff out, um, I think, is, is helpful as you start your day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I like that you said that you, you do this well on the treadmill, especially the prayer part of it, because I think that sometimes we get this idea that prayer has to be, you know, sitting with your hands folded and your eyes closed and your head down and that it can look a lot different than that and that you can do it. I mean, you can pray whenever. I mean, and the Bible tells us to be praying. Well, here, do you want to, you wrote down this yeah, verse. Yeah, there's a verse that we found right down for this episode. It's in First Thessalonians 5.17. The verse is very short, very easy. The verse literally just says, pray continually. Or there's another um, translation that says, pray ceaselessly. Yeah. Just pray. That's it. And it's simple. Mm -hmm. It's interesting you say that, Owen, because that's one of the things, I mean, there are, there are days when if I've got an early start or whatever, and I can't get on, you know, don't get on and, you know, and miss a day that as I'm driving into the Capitol or to St. Paul, that I'll do my, that I'll pray as I'm driving. Now, maybe that's not the safest thing as, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's not, you know, always in kind of the. I don't, want to, I don't want to be irreverent here, but kind of the reverent prayer of like, oh, we're, we're quiet and we're, you know, using our church voices as we talk <laughs> like this. Um, but I, I mean, just, just getting it out and having that conversation and talking to God and, you know, as you said, praying without ceasing, uh, mm-hmm. praying continually. Yeah. And I think another thing to note is that we're talking about kind of developing a routine, but everybody's routine is going to look different and different people are going to have different things that work for them and things that don't. And some people, I mean, maybe it works better for you, like dad said, to read multiple chapters because that's how you like to take it in. And some people prefer to do a few verses at a time and really just kind of meditate over those verses. Other people, it might work best for you to do it right away in the morning. When you wake up, that's the first thing you do, you set a time. And other people, maybe it's better for you late at night to do it. And the thing is, though, it's not about the specifics of the routine. It's just kind of the heart of that you want to make time to spend with God in your day. And that's the part that's really important. Yeah, I think that's exactly, I mean, whatever it is, I mean, I, I would just say you got to get into doing something. You got to get into developing a routine. I mean, uh, I won't sound like the the, the, the smart um, uh, behavior scientist, but they'll say, you know, what does it take? 21 days of doing something to develop a routine. I mean, and so getting in and doing it and kind of getting to the point where you're kind of laboriously doing it even um, and setting that. And then it just becomes the point where, you just do it and you, and you get up and you, you know, for me, you get up, you, you get your, you know, get on the treadmill and you open up your, your iPad to wherever you're at that day and you just start going. And, uh, um, and that's, what's, you know, getting that routine started is the, is the important part. Mm-hmm. And another thing I want to note is that it's never too late to start getting into your routine. If you've, if you're new to faith or maybe you've been you've had faith as part of your life for a long time, but you've never really took time to establish a routine. It's never too late to do it. You can start now figuring out what works for you and open your Bible and give prayer a shot because I truly believe that both things are life-changing. Both things are things that Jesus calls us to do because he knows that they're very important. And so I think that's part of just walking with him in daily life is making time to spend with him. Just like your close friends or your family, they're the people that you love the most and you make time to spend with them. If Jesus is your first love, I think making time for him in your day is something that's very important. Yeah, I like that you say making time because I think sometimes we look at our lives and it's like, oh my goodness, this day I go from here to here to here and I have all these things. But if we really sit down and look at it, we've all got 
a spare five minutes in between things or, you know, wake up five minutes earlier or replace, you know, time on our phone or time watching TV with prayer or reading scripture. Mm -hmm. And we really do have time, but it's, you got to make it. It's not just going to like present itself as like, here's this perfect time to sit down and read your Bible. Mm-hmm. So it's pure prioritizing. I mean, you have to you have to make it a priority. I mean, to your point, there. Every, I mean, think about how much time we waste on just phone scrolling and and whatever mm-hmm. else. I mean, you can if you make it a priority and say this is this I am going to do this. I'm going to make this a, a focus. Everything else will fit in around that because you've made it a priority. Mm-hmm. Being intentional is very key. It doesn't happen by accident. It really takes focus and dedication and developing a habit to make it. Yeah. And yeah, with going back to the making, you know, making time for it, I think, so my, like, scripture reading routine has kind of changed, you know, I've sometimes read in the evenings, sometimes read in the mornings, but I think if you, if you do choose to read in the mornings, I think you'll be surprised, because, like, I would wake up, I'd set an alarm for, like, 10 minutes earlier than what I would usually, and I think you'd be surprised that, though, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, like, every 10 minutes of sleep counts, but if you wake up for 10 minutes earlier, but spend that time reading your Bible, that it's going to can be way better than just taking those 10 minutes to sleep and Mm -hmm. you'll notice a difference so yeah another question that I want to ask you as we're talking about prayer I know that sometimes it can be really hard especially like if you like you said you kind of have a long prayer list to really stay focused I mean there's just so many things kind of surrounding you and coming from all sides and I know for my own self like to just get my own thoughts to shut off sometimes is really hard so how do you like I guess just work on really staying focused and committed to that and yeah, that's that's a good question, uh, and I think that's something that everybody struggles with. I mean, especially in kind of our the, the culture where we're so um, bombarded with different stimuli um, that it's it's hard to kind of shut down and just say uh, quiet my mind um, and just go to the place where I'm just going to talk to God and. It's, it, it takes some getting used to because, like I said, that constant stimuli, if you're not having that, um, you know, for me, it really was kind of writing out uh, an exhaustive prayer list. I mean, if something comes up to me, it gets, it gets plugged in. Um, and, you know, as my list is more like the top stuff, you know, my, my wife my kids, um, that stuff at the top of my list and most, and that gets hit almost, almost every day. And then there's stuff that kind of trickles down, um, that, you know, I'll, I'll pray on if, you know, if my Bible reading was shorter that day and I make it through my whole list, if it's, if it's picking out other things that kind of, um, are, are calling to me or speaking to me that day. Uh, but I think having the list helps me keep my mind focused on what I'm, praying about what I'm thinking about. And I think one of the things that was helpful for me was like, okay, um, I know that I want to pray for my wife. I know that I want to pray for my kids and going online and thinking like, what are some of the things that I should even be praying for them about? Um, and looking in and building those into your prayer list. And, and that was helpful as well. Cause it's like, yeah, I want to pray for my wife. I want to pray for my kids. But what are those things exactly that, that we want to, that we want to pray for them, um, about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Um, if, I don't know if you want to move on, but I guess just keeping on this, you know, just like prayer routine, um, you had talked about how your dad has been a very good example of, you know, praying and reading his Bible consistently. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing that, you know, I think is I would suggest to any family, um, and that my parents have been a really good job, have done a really good job of doing is, um, we sit down and pray together as a family almost every night. Um, and my, you know, sometimes my 
reading my Bible has been more scattered and sometimes I've had longer chunks where I haven't been as consistent with that. But the praying as a family has always been consistent. And I think that's just a super good way to end your night is like sitting down with your family, talking about your day just a little bit, and then going in and um, and just praying for the things that are on your mind. Um, and yeah, that's definitely something I would recommend to people. If you're, if you're looking for a prayer routine, just mm-hmm. to share that time with your family, I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were talking about kind of, you were saying again how I had said earlier that I really kind of admire my dad for his routine. And I just, I know he kind of touched on this earlier too about like parents and kind of like setting an example for your kids. And like, well, first of all, I promise he didn't tell me to say this, but I have always just thought like that, like it was so admirable. And I really like truly part of me wanted to get into a routine because of watching dad. And so I just wanted to say like, if there was any parents that were listening that whether you realize it or not, like your kids are watching you. And though it kind of seems like maybe they're not always like listening to what you have to say, like your example really is like setting for them. And like I said, part of me really wanted to get motivated to going into routine because of what my dad was doing. And so I just wanted to, you know, kind of throw that out there, like that you really are an example and kids like look up to your parents and what they're doing because they're trying to kind of show you the way. All those times when I came upstairs dripping wet with sweat from having walked in the treadmill and like, where were you reading that this morning, Dad? <laughs> Talking about, uh, yeah, whatever the, the story was of the of the day. Which is another good thing. This Both of you, what you were just going to say, kind of connects to something I wanted to mention. You were talking about kind of talking with your family at night and your guys' prayer routine of how you kind of talk about your day. And then you also kind of talk about what you want to pray for as a group and both for each other. And you were talking about asking, like, what where are you reading? I think that really... Another way that your routines can be really important is just using the people around you to kind of hold you accountable and to kind of, to just listen. And there's something more than just reading it, talking or reading it or just praying it, praying with other people or talking about what you've been reading with other people is another great way to grow in your faith and to really just kind of deepen both those elements. Mm So while we're still on the topic of prayer, another kind of harder question, and I think that's something that people wrestle with when it comes to prayer, is how to kind of feel motivated to keep praying when it feels like your prayers aren't getting answered or they're not getting answered the way you thought. And I know this is kind of a big question. I can kind of see your facial expression. <laughs> but if you just kind of had any thoughts or, like, words to speak into that, like... Boy, we are going deep. <laughs> uh, on this podcast that I mean that that's a question I think that's probably raged uh, as long as as long as there's been uh, as long as there's been people or at least since the the fall uh, in, in early Genesis um, and I think that's the thing that is hard for humans to get their heads around um, and the fact is that sin exists and we have free will and as long as sin exists in this world and until Jesus returns and, and we're all <clears throat> the believers in Jesus are taken to heaven and, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of rid of, of, of sin, um, that we're going to have this issue. Um, and keeping in mind that, you know, God is not 
you know, the, the genie in a bottle that's here to answer your wishes. And I, I don't want to kind of oversimplify things and just say like bad stuff happens. Um, and you know, God's got a plan and it's, believe me, I, I know that it is really hard, um, when bad things happen and you've been praying one way, uh, and God doesn't answer that. And, um, and you just feel like, how can my faith continue that, there is a plan that part of the development of character that that part of that unanswered prayer uh is maybe for your uh for your benefit for some other reason that you can't see um again i i know that this is kind of the <laughs> the bible school answer you know so to speak um but knowing that um that god has a plan that god is perfect that god is sovereign uh, that God hears our prayers, even if he doesn't answer them in the way that we necessarily think, um, is a, is a challenge for people, for a challenge for people of faith, for a challenge for people who are new to their faith. And I would just say, I mean, don't be discouraged by that, um, that, that while it may seem to you that God's not hearing you, I promise you that he is. Um, and it may be, uh, weeks or months or years or decades, maybe not even in this lifetime, uh, that you see or get to ask what the, <clears throat> what the resolution or why God answered in the way that he did. It is for his good. Um, and in the end, that's, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Dad, I'm really glad you said that, that just because the prayer isn't getting answered the way you thought doesn't mean God isn't listening to you. Because I think sometimes when we have Hard times in our faith and times where prayers really seem hard, we're kind of asking, like, where is God? Why is God not listening to me? Why is God not responding? Some, Just because he's not acting in the way that you want him to act or the way that you think he should, or if he's not really doing anything at all, it doesn't mean he doesn't hear you because he still loves you and he's still ever-presently with you. He's just mm-hmm. choosing because he knows... God knows what's best for you ultimately, and maybe there's, like, you're praying for something, but he knows that whatever his plan is, is for the ultimate that's for the better but it doesn't mean that he's not listening to you because he still loves you yeah and i think going off of this this is actually something i don't remember what episode we kind of touched on this in a different episode but that god's timing is different than what we want his timing to be sometimes Mm -hmm. and that god isn't um a god of instant gratification i think that's how we Mm -hmm. said it before um and that i mean you kind of touched on this that it might not be even in our lifetime that he answers that prayer. Um, but I think we kind of get caught up in like, it's like a, like a transaction. Like I ask for it. Now you give me Mm -hmm. it. And it's like this like instantaneous thing, but that's not how God works and that it's not an instant instantaneous. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really good. One verse that I kind of thought of, and I'm like kind of have half the verse in my head and half of it's not there, but you'll probably be able to help me. But you were talking about how the hard times kind of build character. There's the verse that says like, character produces hope or in, endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope. Yep. That was like kind <laughs> of a really, maybe we should, yeah. Well, never, we can put mind. that, if, we, if we'll find that verse and we can put it in the, uh, the description. I like started on the route. I probably should have just left it alone. Cause I really could not get there, but that's okay. 
I have a lot of verses that kind of ring around in my mind that it's like, you know, they make a big point of like, oh, no, your citation. It's like, I don't know what the citation is. Like, I can generally get you, like, with about 95% accuracy, kind of what it is that, that, that it's saying, or probably 100% in some translations, probably the message, uh, you know, and we just paraphrase it down into whatever. But um, it's yeah. really funny you said that because just on the last episode, we were talking about how. Um, just knowing the scripture is what really matters and knowing the heart of God. And it's not like if you can flip to it the fastest on the pages, mm-hmm. it's just knowing the truths that are in there. And that's one of the big things. And we, I won't take this off, but kind of, you know, prayer and reading your Bible. One of the other big things is, 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 is scripture memorization. Uh, I was fortunate to, you know, grow up in a house where, uh, you know, my, my parents were believers and, and we did a lot of Bible memorization. And so it's funny as you read through where you kind of hear things and it's like, oh, I remember this from, you know, growing up. This was on one of those small little note cards uh, that we used to have to practice uh, and rehearse before school. Uh, you know, most of us, my older sister always seemed to be running around with her head with her hair on fire as we're trying to do the the uh the the scripture memorization and then the bible story and the prayer and all condensed into 15 minutes but um it's so much easier to remember and memorize when you're young too so that's one of those things i think is really critical because as those hard times come you'll be able to rely on um you know uh these these verses that kind of uh, pop to you. I mean, the the one that's been rumbling around in my head a lot lately, just because of what's going on in the world, is the notion that Christians are set apart. And in, in, in Romans, it says, "Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed." And we're at the point now in our culture where we are in such a point where Christians are needing to be transformational um, and no longer conforming to kind of what this world wants or needs and expects because of how sinful it is. And it really is up to um, the the Christians to be the light and to be the transformation. Uh, to get to that point so that's off on a tangent but uh i would just say that's on this podcast (laughs) no this is what i wanted to have you on though this is all so good and this is stuff that we didn't even come close to talking about before this started but you just have so much wisdom um if i could ask you one last question um as we've been talking about bible reading so kind of there's two parts to this question the first one is if somebody was new to their faith and was wanting to start getting into reading the bible where would you recommend starting and why Break this down into yeah two different groups: people who are either new believers or people who are believers, but that uh, maybe are not have not been steady uh, readers of the Bible or maybe don't know the, the the Bible at all. And for new believers, my suggestion is that you you should start in either Matthew or Mark or Luke because I think it's critical to understand kind of the core gospel message like if you understand the old testament is kind of all predicated on man's fall and pointing towards the need for a savior matthew starts mark starts luke starts and talks about this savior that has arrived and what he did for you uh, that he was born of a virgin that he lived a sin for sin, sinless life that he died on the cross for our sins that we have that eternal hope of salvation as a result of that 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 is kind of so so core fundamental um, to what the Christian faith and to what our salvation is all about, that I think that that is a great place uh, for any new believer to start. It kind of lays out what they call the the synoptic gospels and kind of the life of Jesus and what he did and, and kind of pointing towards why he is uh, the Savior. And then from Matthew, Mark, and Luke, I think it's 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 good to go on to the book of John uh, because John is just so much deeper in kind of in Jesus, but, but not in kind of the overview of Jesus's life, but just in kind of the core of who Jesus is and, 
Um, just a just a, a great a great book. Now, for those that are that are believers um, that 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 know about the gospel message, that know what Jesus has done, I, I always like to point people to, to Romans. And the reason is, you know, you look at the book of Romans, and um, especially for Christians here in the United States, I think there's such a parallel to um, the United States today and Rome of kind of the early. Um, you know, early church, kind of the, the, the as Paul's writing it, um, kind of the, the secular center of the world uh, was Rome. You can see that with the United States. Um, there's just so much doctrine contained in the book of Romans that is that is so critical to kind of how Christians operate, not only kind of within their faith, but kind of within the world. Um, we talked about Romans 12. You, you, you flip to the next page in Romans 13 um, has always stuck out because that is living in, that is talking about how Christians live under government and that we are subject to government even is not a, a Christian government. And you talk about making, you know, kind of Paul talking about this to, to Christians maybe in 2023 is so much difficult that, you know, we're, we're supposed to pay taxes. We're supposed to fall under um, the, the, the authority of a, of a, I guess, secular government, uh, which is getting harder by the day. Um, but I, I just think Romans is filled with so much good doctrine uh, for people who know about Jesus as kind of a good place to start and to read. It's just so, so rich with with so much um, good stuff. So mm -hmm. those would be, those would that'd be my kind of long answer to your simple question. Yes, both of them are great books. You also, Owen, had one other book you wanted to talk about a little that would be your suggestion for people in either category mm -hmm. new or yeah. returning? Um, so yeah, when I kind of started um, reading my Bible a little more consistently and like on my own, my parents suggested for me to start in the book of James. Um, and the book of James is uh, a lot of very practical advice and um, kind of not simple, but easy to understand like wisdom that he provides in that book. And so I think it's just another good book along with the ones, I mean, I think reading um, the, the uh, gospel is important um, to get just Jesus's life and, you know, have a good understanding of that. But then in addition to that, I think James is just a really good book to read in um, just knowing how to live as a Christian and yeah. Yeah. James is so good. I mean, I've heard James referred to before as kind of the New Testament New Testament Proverbs, um, mm -hmm. which if you get in, I mean, Proverbs is also a, a good book just for good kind of life living advice, uh, whether you're a Christian or not. I think we talked about before the podcast, I mean, James is kind of the same way. I mean, there's just good, solid information um, for just living and having a good life um, mm -hmm. as well. So yeah, both Proverbs and James yeah. are two of my favorite books just because they're so, yeah, such good yeah. wisdom. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, Dad, it's been so fun having you on. You had so much good stuff to share. Um, got to be on the podcast today with two guys with very deep, booming, kind of recognizable <laughs> voices, and here I am. But it was a lot of fun, and so glad that you got to come on. Thank you for all that you had to share. I know that a lot of people are going to find a lot of encouragement through all the different things that you said. No, thanks for having me on. I, and, and I would I would just add as, as kind of a, a postscript on this, I mean, what a great job you guys have done with this podcast for having this come to mind, uh, for you guys grabbing it and getting it out there. I know that you have uh, people that are listening. I know that you are speaking truth into people's lives uh, that, that need this. I think this is a, 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 a bowl set on a stand in the middle of a room for people to, to be able to see, um, and especially for a couple of, you know, 
know, uh, when you started as high school kids, kids that are heading off to college, um, you know, kind of uh, the, the verse that, that kind of sprung to, to mind is, is the verse in Romans 1 that talks about, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and, you know, I know a lot of people in high school and myself included, you know, you don't want to, you know, maybe talk about your faith and now oh, we don't know. Um, and standing on this truth and standing on the fact that you guys are, are making a bold statement that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ is a really cool thing. And I just want to give you uh, uh, big props for that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, hope that all of you that were listening found a lot of encouragement in this. Thanks so much for listening and have a great rest of your week. Yeah. And one quick thing. Happy Father's Day to all the dads listening. And happy Father's Day, Aaron, because this is coming out two days after Father's Day. So, yeah. Yeah. Like we talked about, it was kind of a fun follow-up to talk about kind of setting an example for your kids right on the heels of Father's Day. But all mm-hmm. you dads out there, um, thanks for setting an example for your kids. Thanks for setting an example for the next generation of this world. And keep leading your families in Christ. Yes. Thank you. Bye.